Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there. Thank you for joining me on another special interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. It is always a pleasure and an honor to share this space with you. For some of us, our intuition is really strong and it pulls us in one way or another. And for others, and for most of us, our intuition is often blocked, jaded, or impacted by the fogginess of fear. So in theory, many of us are waiting our entire lives for that hell yes moment to move forward with our dreams and step into our highest calling. As hard as it is to hear, you will not always have that hell yes moment or a strong pull from your intuition. And that does not mean that you don't trust yourself or that you lack the courage to take the next step. And it doesn't mean that the answer is no. It just means that you need to hone in on your intuition through specific tools that you can use to learn how to discern your truest desires. Once you start this, you can begin to embrace your inner queen, show up unapologetically, and cultivate a powerful internal and spiritual practice. Today, I'm diving deep on this topic with one of my dearest friends, women's empowerment and success coach, Gina DeVee. Gina is a published author, accomplished speaker, podcast host, business coach, and self-made multimillionaire entrepreneur. Her mission is to show women everywhere how to be queen of their own lives. And in becoming queen, women no longer have to pretend to be anything other than their brilliant, capable, and fabulous selves. And finally, now is the time that the days of dismissing ourselves and our desires are over. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. I'm so thankful for you, and I'm grateful that we are new friends, but I feel like we've been friends for a long time. It's like that interesting dynamic where... Yeah, we've like been in each other's orbit, but it feels like we've been in each other's world for a very, very long time. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure and such an honor to be here, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to. I'm just going to dive right into your book because I think this is such an important time to be reading a book that is written specifically for women and stepping into your queenhood. And that's in all areas of your life. So your relationship, your career, your personal relationship to yourself, your family, your community, all of the things that are so crucial right now. And I think we're all up against in the sense where every area of our life is being triggered in different ways. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's a beautiful time to, to just confront it all, to confront how one aspect of our life is impacting every area of our life. And as I've been diving into your book, I've been witnessing myself in like the, okay, well, although this is showing up in my relationship, I'm seeing how it's impacting my relationship with my family. I'm seeing how it's impacting my relationship, even with my husband's parents. I'm seeing how it's impacting my relationship with my career. Like I think as we dive into the wounding patterns and the places in ourselves that need to shift, we see so often that 
if we do the inner work, it will impact every area. And that's why I love this book so much. Mm. So I want to go into like what brought you to this place of saying, oh my gosh, the audacity to be queen is it. I want to empower every woman on the planet to step into her queenhood. Let's start there. Let's go there. Great. Well, the audacity to be queen, the unapologetic art of dreaming big and manifesting your most fabulous life was the journey of my life. (laughs) And it's now my great pleasure to share it with the world because we know that what's most personal is what's most universal. And, you know, I started out, I'm a school teacher's kid from Detroit. I was sort of told you can do anything you want, but with this caveat of you need to be practical and go to an in-state college. And like, there was sort of all this like, be normal, but you can be anything. And Mm. it was this polarity because inside me, like most little girls, like we had big dreams and wanted to live this big life, whatever that looked like for us. And then over the course of time, there's like this, like, be practical, be reasonable, like, you know, save your latte money. Mm -hmm. And I got caught in kind of a world in between worlds where the true me is kind of this like outrageous, flamboyant, big thinking, like anything is possible woman. And yet I became such a people pleaser and I became so compliant and so codependent that it took me, you know, decades to get to this journey of queenhood. And what was the, was there like a defining moment for you where you just said like, enough, I'm done with the people pleasing. I'm done with being complacent. And there was a, there was a defining moment for every morsel of freedom Mm -hmm. and they were different ones. So my people pleasing journey ended like in the form of like my greatest fear. I write about this in Bookstyle. So, you know, as a codependent person, it's not your preference. You need people to approve of you, like you and accept you. (laughs) And like, and that was me. Like that was like, I couldn't, it hurt to breathe if I wasn't just totally accepted by other people's opinions, voices, rules, values, the whole thing. So I had this terrorizing moment for me at the early part of my career where I set a boundary with a client and she didn't like it. I'm giving you the short version here. And then she basically went and like smeared my name in every corner of LA and, you know, twisted it into her, her version of it and basically how awful I was. And this was like my greatest fear, you know, like, Mm, like public mm -hmm. criticism, public disapproval. And she was, you know, really got a bunch of people on her, on her side. And so in that process of at first, like being terrorized and thinking I was this terrible person and I shouldn't have set this boundary that was true for me. uh, Then like vacillating to like, she's this awful person. And, you know, why couldn't she just, you know, be normal? Like the whole vacillating between what I call either being compliant or defiant on this particular saga got me into alliance and it got me into my truth and it broke me free of people pleasing and needing people to like me. I still have traces of it, but it's like nowhere near where it used to be. So that what seemed like a terrible, like the worst thing that could be happening was mm-hmm. literally designed to set up to free me to own my own voice and be true to myself, even if somebody else didn't like it, or in this case was furious about it. 
Yeah. And isn't it so interesting how often our fears, like our greatest fears manifest into the fear so that, we, <laughs> so that we can literally clear it out of our consciousness. Uh-huh. I've yes. had so many conversations around this this week. Oh yeah. I mean, literally was tarred and feathered and like, I consider myself a fairly spiritual person and I find it amazing at what God has to do to get my attention. Like it's Mm -hmm. just grueling. But yes, there's different defining moments. I had defining moments when I was transforming my man story, defining moment when I transformed my money story. So I think that if we really allow ourselves to use whatever is in the present moment, like that's in service to us being freed in any particular area. Right. And being conscious and attentive to what's showing up in the present beyond the desire right now to distract and avoid it. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. so important is like, what is present for you? What's showing up? And then Mm -hmm. how do we use it as a way to shine light on? And I think right now our our darkest places, our deepest shadows, like Mm -hmm. where we're hiding, how we're hiding. I wanted to go back to the money piece because I think right now... And what's so powerful is the other day we were on a a woman's Zoom call, kind of like a mastermind call to just share about our businesses. And you were just so in alignment with all of us, just dropping in the wisdom of like, okay, guys, this is the time to step more into your abundance. This is the time to stay in alignment. This is the time to think outside the box. This is the time to be Uh all that you are and not settle for the stories that anything is going to shift or it's going to get worse. Uh And it wasn't like it shook. I think all of us were, were completely open to that. And like, yes, like rally behind it. But I think for most people to hear that in the time of crisis would have Mm -hmm. been very like, it's shaking them. And I -hmm. I see it more and more where there's, and I'm sensitive to this because I get people are going through like very hard challenges, but right now more than ever, it's like, well, it's easy for you to say that because you have everything taken care of. And it's easy for you because you still have your job and it's easy Mm -hmm. for you. And there's kind of this well, I'm not going to take radical responsibility for my finances or my abundance because I just can't because everything's crumbling around me. And mm-hmm. so can we walk through that mindset? Because I know you've had this shift in your mindset where it's like, no, we need to be empowered as, as you say, as queens to, mm-hmm. to really stand in this. Yes. So the masculine way of thinking is the either or. And the, the, the all or none, the right or wrong, the good or bad. So it's more in the realm of, well, if something terrible is happening for someone else, then something good, you know, I, I'm going to feel bad if something good is happening for me. Or if someone else isn't making money or lost their job or their business, then it's not okay for, for me to go and make money. And the feminine is about the we. And it's about really taking a stand for the and. And when everything that started happening with the coronavirus, you know, I I know enough about business and industry that throughout time, during times of any crisis, are the times that certain industries tank and certain industries thrive. And people aren't meant to be impoverished in any way. We're not supposed to be in lack with our health, with our finances, with our spirituality, with any form of abundance. And so I knew that when this was coming, I knew that certain industries were going to tank, but that's what evolution is about. It doesn't mean that people are meant to tank. And so it's our opportunity for those of us who are in businesses that do not need to be negatively affected financially 
but keep your doors open. Like, you know, like online businesses, they're keeping the economy going right now. They're, you know, um, they're funding salaries. They're, you know, making sure that they're buying food from local restaurants. You know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of good that's happening for people to still be making money. Also, if you believe that selling is serving, like, you know, I know that there's so many industries and so many programs and courses that that's going to positively impact someone's life, especially at this time, you know, so there's no reason for commerce to stop. However, in learning and taking a stand for the and, like my company has done both. So I was out there like, you need positive programming here, go buy, buy this. And I was like, promoting programs of mine for for a fee. And I was also donating a percentage of those proceeds to a local like oh, Alexandria house here in LA. It's like a women and children home. And I've also offered a, a program that I was going to be selling for free. So it's like, it's really taking a stand for the end. You can make money and you can feel good about that. And I just know I wasn't spiritually guided to not be generating income at this time. That that wasn't my direction. And I also got these other directions. So I think that people need to have their own follow their own intuition about where they're really being guided and not get up in group think and group fear if that's not for them. And for people who have lost their their jobs and their businesses are going under, I just know that no job or business is source, that God, spirit, universe, that infinite intelligence is still bigger. And so if there's a reason that something is being taken away, it's like if you take a rock out of the ocean, a wave is going to swoop in and we live in a void universe. So if, if a job was taken away from something, there's another opportunity that's that's wanting to swoop in. And we need to make sure that we are open enough so that whatever abundance is trying to get to us can get to us. Right. I love that. Like being open in the even in the, I think you can have both. Like, I think it's okay to be fearful and to have, be scared at times and to be in the feeling of that. But the feeling is always muted into something else. Like it's always transformed into something else. We've always seen that, right? You can only have mm-hmm. a feeling for 90 seconds. So it's like, as long as you're not taking on the, I am this belief mm-hmm. and you're saying, yes, I might be fearful that I don't have money coming in right now, but yet I'm still open to the mm-hmm. opportunity and the abundance of the universe, which has always served us, right? I think that there's always the opportunity where if we're open to it, there's beauty behind what is coming and in the future, which most of the time we can't even imagine at this time. Most of the time it's so beautiful and how things are synchronistically working for us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious for you how you how you walk women through this process of cultivating their feminine power, offering Mm -hmm. the ability to step into this. Maybe there's someone at home that's like, okay, I hear you and I am ready. What are the steps? How do they, (laughs) they're like, I'm there. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm ready for this, even in all of this. And I'm full transparency. I've had to get there too. Like there's been moments where, you know, Craig and I have sat down at the dinner table, like, oh my gosh, the world under us is shaking. And Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, bring it back. And so if someone's ready to kind of step into this process and they're ready for the next steps, what do you recommend to kind of bring them into? Yeah. I believe that there is only love or fear. And that in any given moment, we have the opportunity to choose either one. And it is a little bit absolute in that 
it's one or the other. It's like, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't choose a little bit of love and a little bit of fear. And to choose love doesn't mean that you're always like on a mountaintop emotion, you know, that you can. And so I believe that our feelings are connected to our intuition. And if we allow them to inform rather than to create unnecessary fear. So like, you know, if if you're feeling an emotion of, wow, I'm wondering, you know, I, I'm noticing that I'm feeling uncomfortable because I don't know how my finances are going to continue to flow. I use that as an example. Mm-hmm. Like the our default and our programming, depending on what your conditioning is, will turn that instinct into something else. Oh my God, I'm not going to have money to pay my bills. Oh my God, I'm not going to have money to eat. Oh my God. And turn it into fear when that was never what the initial feeling was meant to do. The feelings are meant to inform us. So let me give a physical example. So let's say you are, your hand is moving closer and closer to a hot stove. And at first it's like, I don't know, a couple feet away. And then as you move it closer and closer, it's getting warmer and warmer. So that's, if we can catch what the information is from the feeling and not make it something that it's not, that's being in our power. That's a form of queenhood. So it's like, if our hand's moving towards a hot stove, we don't need to be like, oh my God, I'm going to get burned. I'm going to get burned. As you keep moving towards a hot stove, you can be like, okay, this is warm. Now this is getting hot. And if I keep moving in this direction, I will get burned. So instead I'm going to make a different choice and I'm going to slowly move my hand away from this hot flame. But the problem is with our emotions and until we uh, can learn to have enough emotional maturity and awareness around them, we're just like, we're just, we're just touching the hot flame and then we're Mm -hmm. getting burned. So the key is to start to notice your emotions. Oh, I notice I'm feeling sad. I notice I'm feeling depressed. I notice I'm feeling anxious. And to not indulge in it because that just goes down a rabbit hole, but to really be curious. So it's like, oh, what is this anxiety, this light level anxiety looking to inform me? Like, like it's coming, giving you a, bearing a gift. Right. And when you can say like, okay, I'm thinking I'm going to get laid off or I'm thinking that if I don't do something different, I won't have the money to, you know, I won't have the money for my needs. And so if we can just catch it there, like even like the, the alleged worst case scenario, I lost my job. Okay. Well, the job was not God. The job was not source. So we return to source, which is infinite abundance and infinite intelligence So that door has closed. What door is meant to open for me? And when you start consciously just knowing that the universe has your back, that your good is coming to you, and that everything is happening here for a reason, then you can start asking the better questions. What, like, like genuinely asking, how Mm. can I make money? How else can I make money? Like, where can I be generative and and how can I receive money? And you're like really being curious, then the universe is going to meet you from that place because the truth is there is no lack. It's like the sun is always there, but when the clouds cover it up, we don't, we forget that the sun is there. We think that it's like not coming back. We just know the clouds need to part. The sun is always there. The abundance is always there. And when you come from that belief, then you can start more powerfully creating a life by design versus getting caught in the detour of distraction and fear and emotion. 
Yeah. And I, I love the aspect of just asking the question without the answer and allowing the answer to give it to you. So, so often mm-hmm. I think we're providing ourselves the answer to the question and not allowing mm-hmm. the, the universe to. So we do this thing where we're like, well, I just lost my job and I look at the media and there's no other job. Instead right. of saying, like you said, saying, okay, universe, I don't have the answer. So I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to close my eyes, connect to myself and let you provide me the answer versus mm-hmm. me closing the loop on the answer and shutting down the universe from giving it to me. And exactly. I think that's such a beautiful reframe. I haven't heard it that way. So I think that mm-hmm. that's so profound. I'm going to jump in on that because what you pulled out was a really important concept. So the masculine, which is a beautiful energy, and it is inside both male and female. It's the the logical, the linear, the practical, the concrete, the tangible. It's that provider protector energy. And ultimately, the masculine is about giving, right? And so the feminine is about the intuitive, the invisible, the creative, the spiritual, the insightful. It's about being, feeling, and ultimately it's about receiving. So our society's obsession slash addiction to the masculine is about the concrete, the linear, the tangible. It's like, if, well, if I can see it, I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. And we're like so obsessed with knowing like what's in our bank accounts and where our job is and where we're going to live and who we're going to marry. And it's like, it's like, like literally obsessed with the tangible, the feminine, which most of us are not leading our lives with is about the invisible. It's about seeing things not as they are, but as they could be. And it's also about living in the question where the masculine wants to jump to the outcome, jump to the destination. So living in the feminine is the most difficult place to be. And so that's what everyone's talking about. These uncertain times, these uncertain times, like everyone's got to have their certainty. And for people that, that value certainty, I there's seven main values and certainty is just one of them. I happen to value variety more than certainty, but so many people value certainty. Mm-hmm. So living, which is the masculine, it's to allow yourself to open up to living in the feminine, actually living in the question, not needing to know the answer, the destination or the outcome opens up that possibility that you're talking about so that the universe can come bring you something even better. And I think it's so important that in our relationship dynamics, we also have both. Because what Mm -hmm. I've realized is when I came into my partnership, I was very much in my masculine and I wasn't using my intuitive gifts to offer a different experience or approach to our relationship in the sense where it was like, I would know not to get on, like one time we were traveling and I knew not to get on this boat. Like I had really bad feeling about it. And we almost died on this fisherman's boat. And I didn't say anything in my intuition because Craig's logical brain was like, it's a 20 minute ride. And like, he's done this a million times and it's, he's the expert and he should know. But like, I've learned that there's an aspect of the feminine, right? That Mm -hmm. we have this intuition, but yet we've been suppressed by the like, okay, well, you have to have all these things lined up and like everything has to be right and logical and you have to have the science to back it up. And that's, I think what's happening right now is I think if so many of us really connected to the feminine and we witnessed ourselves in the experience of, okay, although we can't control the external what's happening right now, that we don't Mm -hmm. have control. We are quarantined in our home and that we have very much 
lack of control other than what we personally have and, you know, that we can do with our businesses and so forth. But we don't have that much control in terms of externally what's happening. But what I'm noticing in my disconnect from that, all this other beautiful, like I'm witnessing myself in this, in the manifestation of other opportunities and things coming forward by just disconnecting from trying to control that Mm -hmm. external Mm -hmm. experience. And I think as more women read your book and hear about this approach, they're going to be almost stepping into that more and more in the sense of just being like, wow, that offers a unique approach to my partnership or to my life, which I think is, is really profound. And what I wanted to go back to was the piece of like hitting rock bottom in order to kind of witness what else could come forward. What Mm -hmm. I'm finding also is that there's this complacency where when people are complacent, they're not asking the questions either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you because in the complacency, I think people are like, uh, it would feel a little challenging to change my job, but my job's not that bad or my relationship's Mm -hmm. not that bad. And they're not able to recognize the difference between what actually needs to shift and the story of it's good enough. And how do you walk people through that? Because I think that there's always the next level of upgrading our experience on this planet. And I just find so many people are in this complacency, which is like so sad to me because I feel mm-hmm. like, and when I witness people speaking to me and saying, you, you do realize you could experience more joy if you did this inner work, or you do, ex- you do realize you could have more adventure or fun if you were able to tear down this wall. And mm-hmm. when they say to me, it's like exciting. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's another <laughs> level, <laughs> but I'm curious for you, how you help people through that. Because I feel like that's another phase that are kind of like a lot of people right now are coasting too. Hey there friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I'm rarely worried about the person who hits rock bottom because I'm Mm. like, where are they going to go? But up, they're game on. So the danger zone is mediocrity. You know, when yeah. I, when, when clients come to me and they're comfortable with their bodies, jobs, relationships, you know, family dynamic, like whatever it is from the place of complacency, those are the ones I'm worried about because mm-hmm. they have probably been conditioned to believe, well, you should be happy with what you have. You know, you have a roof over your head, you have a good enough relationship, a good enough body, a good enough job, good enough money. You should be happy with what you have. That's what society has told in in particular women. And that it's almost become this illegal thing to, to think big or to want more or to be daring or to, you know, heaven forbid, be outrageous. 
And yet who are any of us impressed by? Like there isn't a per, there isn't a, a concert we go to where there is not a level of outrageousness. I mean, you go to Lady Gaga, you know, you watch Freddie Mercury, right. like any of the people that we are obsessed with, there's a level of outrageousness. They've dared to ask for more, to dream bigger, to not settle, to constantly reinvent. And that's what our soul craves. So the people that have this is a form of self-abandonment to be complacent that you've Mm. on one level given up on yourself, your life, what else is possible. And you have fallen prey. The only reason why people aren't obsessed with growth is because they don't think it's possible for them. They don't think whatever that they don't think that they could attract a better partner, make more money, be happier in their job, work less and be more fulfilled, like play a bigger game. Mm -hmm. And that's because we've been brainwashed. You know, we've been brainwashed that 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 the big life is for someone else, someone more talented, someone smarter, someone who's a different race, a different gender, a different age, like whatever the, the thing is. And what I say is that the age of queen is now. There's never been a better time on the planet to be a woman to give who gives herself permission to challenge herself to find the ways to manifest the dream. Because mm-hmm. it's so obvious especially at this point, like the people who are doing or being or experiencing life in the way that anybody listening desires, they're all ordinary people. Like the playing field has been leveled. It's all the ordinary people that are going for the extraordinary. And, you know, I I know this for myself that like I kept thinking that I had to just be okay with watching other people live the big life. Or then I thought my big life would come based on whoever it was that I married. And part of my sad saga was that I like, you know, chased around all the local loser rock stars of Detroit. And I didn't realize that I was trying to date and then ultimately marry who I wanted to become. I wanted to be the rock star of my life, you know, and not singing, but, you know, in, in a different way. And so I think that for all of us women just to really pay attention to who are we inspired by? Because whoever that is, those qualities live inside you. Yeah, that's so interesting about like wanting to date someone that you wanted to be. I'm curious how you, in terms of your partnership now and your relationship, how you shifted that belief in the sense of attracting someone who believes in you, supports you, loves you, is so inspired by what you're doing. Because I do feel there's a little bit of a dynamic that happens and not for everyone, but a lot of my clients feel very much that they can't be more in their partnership because who would I be to my spouse if I was Mm -hmm. more than the, you know, the wife that stays at home. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your true calling, I say this over Mm -hmm. and over again. I, I think that's like amazing if that lights you up and inspires you every day. But I think that there is a dynamic and a story that's held so often that my husband wouldn't be happy with that. He wouldn't like that. He wouldn't And this could be in in other partnerships as well. But I'm just curious for Mm -hmm. you kind of what that process was moving out of the like, oh, I want to be with that person to, oh, I want to become that for myself. And then how you navigate that and and have helped other women kind of step into thinking from their own place of desire and expansion. Yes. So, well, first you've got to know yourself. You know, my mother, she always wanted the best for me. So, you know, she would take me shopping with a little girl and she would say, Jeannie, you have expensive taste. You better marry a wealthy man. It just wasn't in 
the culture at the time, or at least her circle, mm-hmm. uh, Gina, you have expensive taste. You better learn how to make a lot of money yourself. <laughs> that wasn't the, the vernacular. And so, you know, I was very clear. I was going to marry a 36-year-old Italian black hair, green eyes house on Lake Como. <laughs> like I had my list. Like I, I took the vision board class. I knew how <laughs> this manifesting thing worked. And, you know, what, what did they tell God your plans and watch the universe laugh? So, you know, and I had a whole addition to that list, you know, um, going to be a rock star, not married before, no kids. Like, I mean, and the list went on and on. So I do write about it more extensively in the book. So I'll give you the short version here. I was presented with a blonde hair, blue eyed chiropractor from Michigan who is 20 years older than me and had been married twice before and had kids my age. So, so there, mm. <laughs> what are you doing with that? Um, oh, and who on um, his last divorce divorced very badly. Is it financially anyways and otherwise, but anyway, that's a different story. So I was presented with like, wow, here is my soulmate who it was that part eventually became clear to me who did not meet my checklist. So the checklist is really about the princess and who I was being at that point versus the queen. And as I was maturing myself and, and starting to become aware of what was actually important to me in relationship. So there's certain qualities and essences. And so, you know, there's a lot of ways to do relationship and I respect that for everyone. I'll share with you what mine is. Like I knew I wanted to be with a king of a man. There's a lot of cool archetypes out there, but I wanted king. I wanted to be claimed. I wanted to be cherished. And then when I really dug into it, I knew that I wanted my man to be generative. And I was shocked, like devastated, actually, to come to terms that my soul did not need my man to make more money than me. Like, sorry, Gina. Um, it, it just wasn't my truth. My truth was that I wanted him to come to my gigs. I wanted to be supported. I wanted to travel the world and in office. So I had to wake up to the outdated beliefs that I was carrying that were not mine in the first place. Um, they were outdated for me. That it was just like I couldn't continue to hold on to that being my truth. And then to answer your question about how do I not be too much for my man or how do women not do that? I actually put, and if I may ask mm-hmm. your permission, any listener to challenge at this point, because I have a lot of love and compassion, but I do actually put this on, on the woman because what I would in that sense, I would say, why are you in a relationship? Like, why are you available to be in a relationship <laughs> where you would even be tempted to think that you couldn't be all of who you are and be supported and celebrated by your partner. Right. So that, that I put on the queen, you know, if you're available to be in a relationship where you have to hold yourself back for someone else to feel okay, that's not on that person. That's on you. And I think it's important to get curious too of the stories that might be assumptions because I had a really interesting story where I was working with a client and she just lived with the assumption that her husband wouldn't want her to have a business. And I kept questioning her in the, how do you know that? How can you prove mm-hmm. that to be true? Have you had the kind, and she hadn't even had the conversation with her husband to ask for the support or the financial support mm-hmm. to start the business, or could he help with the kids or could they get in that? Like there was no conversation in that. So the assumption was keeping her small before she even allowed herself to step in and and ask for that. And so it was really beautiful to witness 
that it was her assumption. It was the story she was carrying, had nothing to do with him. And I think we do that, right? We create mm-hmm. these stories and then we manifest somewhat of an external experience to validate the stories. But sometimes that manifestation can be cleared very quickly when our story shifts and that the other person on the other end who you're deeming responsible for you staying small actually, mm-hmm. you know, can shift too and become supportive. And then he's empowered or can shift or, or your partner can. So I think the assumption part, like we have to start recognizing, and I love your story because we have to start recognizing what stories we're operating from and and why we're operating from them. Where did they come from? And I'm curious for you in terms of your belief around this. So I think a lot of people think you have to go back and relive the trauma. I think identifying the story and the belief is really important, but Mm -hmm. I'm curious how much of going back and cleaning it up you do versus present moment, shifting the story in the moment, and then what kind of tools you're offering to help women move through this. Yes, yes. Well, having been a former psychotherapist, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. I have a great reverence for therapy. And I've also been a success coach for a couple of decades now. So I love that as well. So coaching is about being in the present moment and taking a look at where you're at now, and then looking into the future of where you desire to be, and then bridging that gap. I am a big believer. Start there. (laughs) You don't have to. If if you need to go into the past, it will come up. Like if if you can't move forward with coaching tools and mentoring and guidance and the books and the podcasts like this one and support and all of that, and you're getting yourself stuck and you've got to go take a look at or heal something from the past, that it will become very clear. And then there is a place for that. I just don't personally go looking for it unless it presents itself that it is very obvious that you must because mm-hmm. the past the past is in the past unless it is alive and well in our present. And so what are some tools that you use with your clients to help them be in the present and bridge that experience from okay, here's my life, I'm in it mm-hmm. every day. This is my experience and yet I see absolutely where I want to go. What are the tools? How do you get them into the embodiment of their future self so that it can actually come into manifestation? Yes. Well, vision is everything. And most of us, we've been so conditioned to avoid perceived failure, pain, rejection, hurt, something not working out. So we don't tend to challenge ourselves to really go for our passion, to really function from a place of pleasure. So passion and pleasure and play are about the feminine. And again, it's about the feminine is about seeing things not as they are, but as they could be. So in short, most of us, if we haven't fully empowered our femininity, in the bigness and the big creative capacity that we could really be in. So the first thing that I would, we're, we're trying to figure out like, well, what can we do and what's practical and probable in terms of how can we move our life forward? And so my first piece of advice is to ask yourself this question. If there were no consequences or limitations, I know it sounds like a lie at the beginning and like Mm -hmm. it might sound too fantasy, but just play with it for a second. If there were no consequences or limitations, what 
is your desire for relationship, career, health, contribution, community, any of it. And if you let yourself go there, you're going to, because remember the feminine is about receiving, you're going to receive the divine download. You're going to receive the vision. I talk about this in my book too. One of the areas, so I call it the injured feminine instinct. If you're not good at receiving in a particular area, it's because somewhere along the way that instinct has been injured. And so one of mine that like largely pervaded my life until literally last year was around friendship and community. Mm-hmm. I had friends here and there, but it, you know, it, I, I was never, I never really felt like I really belonged and belonged in community. And then I would tell myself story. Well, it's not that important to me. Well, like those people, like those girls at brunch, like they're wasting their time. I'm like being serious. I'm building my business. I'm, you know, like, like there was something more right about my path. And I finally, because what had happened was I stopped dreaming big. I stopped believing that I could have close girlfriend friendships that would really be fulfilling, that would be fun, or that there would be a place that I would belong and the whole, anyways, and all the excuses and all the stories. And then I caught myself because like I transformed my man story, transformed my money story, transformed my mother's story. Like, you know, I was like, if transformation exists, if you keep applying the same tools, like what if I could transform my relationship with community? And at the time, and this, it doesn't matter what, what, what it is. If you're afraid that you can't do it, or it doesn't exist for you, you go into shutdown, you just cut Mm -hmm. it off and you don't even try. So I had to really challenge myself to be like, okay, what if girlfriends did exist for me? And I've lived in LA, relatively speaking, for 15 years, never really made friends here. I like, what if they did exist? Like, what if it were possible? And so then I opened myself up to receiving. I didn't even have really a vision for it. I just had a desire that I wanted it. But it was so foreign to me. So if someone is like, so used to struggling financially, or so used to the the bad breakups, or the toxic relationships, like you can't even like imagine what it would be like for you. But if you have the desire that is enough, and then I just, I just started saying like, okay, if I were in friendship, what would that look like? And I started dreaming bigger. And then I got more curious. And then I started like noticing women on Instagram. And I started like noticing pictures on Pinterest. And I started imagining what it would be like to have a dinner party and have a bunch of girlfriends over go to brunch. And sure enough, and lo and behold, the reason I know you is a result of this manifestation that I was just so craving friendship and community that then one person called out of the blue one day that introduced me to someone else that introduced me to this whole beautiful network. And it started because I challenged myself to start dreaming bigger. And that's what I think when we women give ourselves permission, doesn't matter what area of our life to expect more, raise your standards, dream bigger and start including yourself in all areas of abundance. You will see the transformation take place. Yeah, it's so powerful. And I'm so grateful that you started manifesting and thinking of that experience because now we're friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're part yeah. of our amazing, beautiful group of friends. And so I'm thankful for that. And I wanted to ask because I think what so often happens is when we are in our witness of what we want that's bigger than what we currently have, what I hear a lot of women say is, 
I want so badly to go to the feeling of that it's possible for me, but I go to the resent and the jealousy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the disconnect. And I know that that is the biggest like door slam to the universe. <laughs> like it's yeah. like it's like okay, I'm bringing it to you. Absolutely not. Slam the door. <laughs> so how would you walk someone through that? shift because I think the visualization piece is amazing. And I think it's so important to have reference points because Mm -hmm. we need them. We need to see that other people are doing things, not from a place of like comparison, but just from a place that it's possible. But if we turn that into like the jealousy, resent, the fear, the like, that's never going to be me. Then again, the universe is like, yep, it's never going to be you. Sorry. And then Mm -hmm. it closes the door. So I'm just curious what tools you offer to like mitigate and and kind of dissolve that and move Mm -hmm. it more into an empowered stance of like, well, because she can do it, I can do it. Yes. So I've got two. So one is well, in the book I write about, there's a whole chapter on the comparison trap. And we know, you know, that comparison is, is thief of our dreams. And there's different archetypes that take over. So you're either like queen or in my book anyways, you're any one of a myriad of lower level archetypes, the princess, the bitch, the paranoid gangster, the martyr, or in this case, the defeatist. And so the defeatist shows up and starts running the show when we see someone else have what we want and feel like it's not possible for us. And the first process, and this is just a decision that you have to make, that if it's Mm -hmm. possible for anyone, that means it's humanly possible. That means it's possible for you. And especially if you have the desire in your heart. I mean, not everyone has the same desire. So like, if you have a desire, why would that desire be in your heart when you're seeing someone and then you're seeing it modeled for you? It's really meant to be confirmation that it's available. It's, It's showing you a vision. So you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. And so I remember the first time this I, I developed this practice and technique, I saw another woman colleague in my space who was doing this like telesummit with like she was like at my level at that time. We were both sort of like similar small fish. And she was doing this telesummit. It had all these big name speakers in it. And it was like one of those like 40 person ones. And it was mm-hmm. like big name after big name after big name. And I was like, oh, how did she get that? And all my, and I was so jealous. And it was like, you know, by grace, I just felt intuitively guided to literally write her a thank you note. And I wrote an email and we're just going to call her Jane. And I was like, dear Jane, I just saw that you've got this amazing telesummit. I want to say congratulations. I don't know how you did it or what inspired you, but I want to let you know you've inspired me to do something similar. I've been wanting to stretch myself to play with some bigger fish and you've shown me it's possible. So thank you. And like, she wrote me back right away and she was like, you know, so touched as anyone is when they're acknowledged on, you know, Mm -hmm. something cool they've done. And I've just have done it throughout the years now, whether you write a cosmic thank you note that doesn't get sent or you actually send that thank you note, it's an acknowledgement to you, to spirit, to the universe about what you desire to come to you. And it really shifts things, just being in gratitude that you realize that that is now possible for you. And then my second technique is, especially this is like for those of you that are real envious, like you're really in the trigger, you write down, I'm thrilled this is happening because dot, dot, dot. And if you're like, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled 
this happening because you're going to start to to collect all the disowned areas of yourself. So if we we stay with that same example, I'm thrilled this is happening because I realized that I didn't even dare to dream to do something with those big fish. I'm Mm -hmm. thrilled this is happening because I didn't realize how much I was discounting myself and my own talent and playing small. I'm thrilled this is happening because I was getting bored playing at this level of my career. And now I'm like just giving myself permission to play so much bigger. I bet, you know, and you just keep going through it. Like I'm thrilled this has happened because, and you'll collect the lessons and the jewels and the wisdom that you are meant to get. So it's kind of a way to turn your brain around to, to create a different result. I love the cosmic peace part and Mm -hmm. just even just being in gratitude. I think it's so, so important that we start shifting to that. And because not only does it uplift us to believe it's possible, but I just believe that when we send gratitude to whoever is doing something special and unique and impacting the world, it uplifts the whole world, like sending Mm -hmm. gratitude to that and just sending that love of like, wow, look at what they've created. And And then again, recognizing that we're unique and we're going to have our own spin on it in a different way. And it doesn't mean like we have to, I think also from a place of ego, a lot of people are like, oh, I have to copy that or I have to be better than that. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, you have to be unique in yourself to create something that again is you're co-creating with everyone that's going to experience it, but it's not Mm -hmm. about like outperforming. It's not about anything other than being unique in your own lane, but recognizing again that it's possible. So Absolutely. Ultimately, it's about receiving. It's about receiving your place here on the planet, your worth, your abundance, your purpose, your contribution, and it's your birthright. Right. You have a free gift for them. I want to make sure that they get that. Are there any other things that you wanted to just leave them with? I'm so appreciative of this time. I'm just like, this is my therapy session for the week. This is so so nice. It's like so inspiring to be at home and just listening to this depth of wisdom. Is there anything that's lighting you up right now? Or Yes. Women globally. Women, this is our time. This is your time. This is like literally the earth is craving for the feminine to give permission to the creative, the big dreams, the abundance, the happiness, the pleasure, the play. Like it's been too long that we have overly revered the practical, the linear, the logical, the tangible. So I would say, I know that there are huge dreams inside of you. I know that you're aware of them. You've been sitting on them. Sometimes there's a lack of clarity, but I know, I know women. And when you prioritize yourself and time alone with yourself, that's all that's needed to just have what is a little bit foggy, like just come into clarity. And, you know, any experience or thing that you desire, like just fully show up for it. Like we all need to stop the Mm self-abandonment and just keep going in the direction of your dreams because they are literally there waiting for you on the other side of any self-doubt or fear or I can't or what are other people going to say? You're just going to find a whole community of queens and you're going to find the queen within you that really is why you came here in the first place. So go for it. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, You're welcome. 
what is this gift that they can grab now, yes. which is in such service of where? Yes, yes. So the gift that I have for you is in my epic life bundles. I know that you are all about living the epic life in whatever form that looks like for you. So if you go to divineliving.com forward slash epic gift. That's divineliving.com forward slash epic gift. You will receive the introduction and first chapter of my book, both in written format and audio. There's also some meditations there, and there is a training, a video training on living the epic life, and it is completely free. So go and grab that. And if you do want the book, The Audacity to Be Queen, you can get it at divineliving.com forward slash book. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. I have the book next to me. It's been on my nightstand the last couple of weeks and it's been so serving during this time. Thank you so much. And if they want to connect with you directly. Yes. There's lots of other free, great things on my website, which is divineliving.com. And I'm on Instagram at Gina DeVee. Awesome. 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 Thank you for being here serving as always and just showing up with so much love and light. I'm thankful to you and in deep gratitude. Sarah, you are such a love and a light. Thank you for everything that you do and are doing. Thank you for this time. It's been a real blessing in my life as well. I'm so grateful that Gina was able to share with you so many different mindset shifts to create more health, happiness, and abundance in your life. I want to remind you that your life is capable of changing rather quickly once you have the right tools to implement in your life, as she shared. Secondly, I want to remind you that you are beyond your current circumstances and your future life is waiting on the other side of your beliefs. Any method, modality, or program that you use to support your healing will only work to the extent that you believe it will. Belief matters, not just in your coach and the program that you start, but most importantly in yourself. And I'm saying this with so much love. If you don't hold the belief that you can make change, then it is common to self-sabotage and skip the fundamental work altogether, only half-heartedly committing to getting the results you claim you want. So again, after years of coaching, I've come to witness that the belief you have in yourself is the most important part of this process. Because when you possess this belief, you understand that it's just part of the learning curve to shift your old stories, beliefs, and habits, and you're more willing to ride the wave. Never forget that you are the top expert when it comes to your health, your happiness, your body, and your life. And this podcast is intended to be a source of inspiration. And in these podcasts, you're going to encounter a bunch of different concepts, approaches, and techniques. So I encourage you to take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And again, I want to thank you for being here. It is always a pleasure and an honor to share this time with you. Thank you for committing to your health and thank you for listening. If this podcast resonated with you, I trust that you will share it with a friend, colleague, family member, someone else who could benefit from this wisdom that Gina offered. I'm so, so grateful again that you're here. And until the next episode, I'm sending you so much love for this next week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. 
Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.